0: Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics. On Mix 103.7.
1: Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today we're joined by Chris, Joanne, and Kayla from the Wood Buffalo Wellness Society. So jumping right into it, who are you and what do you guys
2: do? Hi, so my name is Joanne Packham. I am the Executive Director of Wood Buffalo Wellness Society.
0: My name is Chris Beausoleil. I'm the Assistant Director with Wood... Wood Buffalo Wellness
1: Society. My name is Kayla Lushman and I am the TOILE coordinator with Wood Buffalo Wellness Society. Awesome, so jumping right into it I guess what is the Wood Buffalo Wellness Society for those that don't know? Okay so
2: Wood Buffalo Wellness Society has existed since 2006. We are probably best known for operating the Mark Amy Treatment Center on Fort McMurray First Nation down by ANZAC so we've been doing that for a number of years and then about 10 years ago we ventured off into working with the homeless population so we now operate Five programs for the homeless. So we have Centralized Intake. Uh, centralized Intake basically is all of the screening and assessment for anybody who is experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness in Fort McMurray. So clients come into our building or we see them out in the community or we get referrals from other homeless serving organizations. So we screen them and then we refer them out to our various partners. And our Housing First partners are Salvation Army, Centre of Hope, YMC. CA and then us as well. So we also have our outreach program which is the lower level of the Housing First scale and then we have Rapid Rehousing, Housing Housing First and then now our brand new program which is a high-level permanent supportive housing program called TOWOW. In regards to the
1: TOWOW program kind of what's happening, why is it happening, what's it gonna look like I
2: guess? Okay so TOWOW this program has actually been in inception, I would say, or we've been trying to get it launched for or working on it for almost three years now. So we've gone through the process of securing funds. We've gone through the process of investigating many different buildings in Fort McMurray. And finally, about a year ago, we landed on the old Bridgeport Hotel. So we have purchased that building and we took possession of it at the end of February. And we are retrofitting that space to be our permanent supportive housing building. The we will have 29 separate suites um, with a capacity to expand our bed space to 45 to 48 individuals. We are hoping that the program itself will be a- will be able to take clients the first part of August. So the Towel program is again what I said permanent supportive housing. It is for the hardest of the hard to house here in Fort McMurray. So typically our clients have transitioned through all of the other levels of housing first and have been unsuccessful. So these are primarily clients who were would be living in encampments or who are occupying space in hospitals. So these are kind of the heavy hitters, the ones that are typically utilizing a lot of resources within our community. So this has actually been a very well thought out response with a lot of coordination with the RMWB CPH staff so, or the administration team there and largely this is the response to addressing uh, the encampment issue in Fort McMurray and again, it's it's a higher level so there's nursing on staff healthcare aides on staff different supports on staff it's a 24-hour facility with just wraparound services
0: uh, So in my previous experience working at in Edmonton um, I, I seen firsthand in the inner city uh, the impacts of, of having revolving doors for housing, and how that you know interferes with you know someone's well, a person's well-being and the ability to, to feel comfort and dignity, to want to move forward in life. So previously worked at on Housing Ventures as the housing manager and looked after a couple different sites for our housing teams. And there we were able to take people who were deemed unhouseable off the by names list uh, and provide them with 24/7 wraparound supports, love, encouragement, and opportunity for them to to address some of their, their trauma so that they can begin to walk a healthier lifestyle. A lot of what allowed us to be able to do that was by modeling all of our our programs and services around culture and our identity and restoring some of that pride within some of our residents. And through that, we were able to see people, you know, who were heavily intoxicated by early morning, uh, you know, starting to reduce their use and become to a point where families reconnecting with them. They're going back to their community for visits. They're, you know, showing love and kindness to everyone around them and those are the kind of impacts we expect to have here in the Fort McMurray area as well as we'll be able to reduce the stress on first responders in terms of fire, ambulance, police officers by keeping them in our facility and, and kind of supporting them in a good way and I know from research project that we did while I was at Nicanan that you know in our first year alone we from a cost benefit analysis we were able to save the Alberta government over two million dollars by keeping them at home and loved and keeping them away from having to take up bed space and hospitals, which cost a lot of money, or jails, which cost lots, lots of money, or being in the court systems, which again, costs a lot of money for taxpayers. So while some people may look at it as, you know, providing services for free, it's actually in the long run saving our, our government money and taxpayers' money.
2: So I'll just add to the second year, there was a $5 million cost savings. And also to note that the cost savings, that the project was actually done with Grant McEwen University and the University of Alberta and Alberta Health Services. So those cost savings were just to healthcare alone, not even encompassing other ministries like Justice.
1: And in regards to that, I've seen in Calgary how a lot of like, I guess the population kind of gravitates towards, let's say, like the drop-in center and stuff like that. Is there going to be, let's say, I guess, police more patrolling it because it is kind of a more vulnerable population or more high risk, I guess? I, I don't can speak
0: to that one. Yeah. So Ambrose Place is located, which is the flagship building for Neganon Housing Ventures in Edmonton, is is basically right between the Hope Mission and Bissell Center. And so initially, while we were trying to open that building, there was a lot of feed- negative feedback from the community league, as well as the business association in that area, over-concerned of, you know, people are going to hang out here, we're going to create another place for, for encampments, etc. But I can tell you that when I went to go sit with the community league, you know, a year or two after we had opened, everyone had nothing but positive remarks and feedback for us. So what we're able to do is, you know, encourage our residents to, to live a better lifestyle, but as well as the people around the area will we'll see the good work we're doing. And again, when we're utilizing our ceremony and utilizing using our beliefs, people have a respect for that and they're able to kind of stay away from that. And with that said, we have also previously always encouraged and, and had great relationships with the officers in and around our facilities so that, you know, we, they get familiar with who we have in our building, we're familiar with those officers, and we're able to de-escalate scenarios in a good way, as well as keep tabs on what uh, what is occurring in our environment.
1: The 12 programs rooted in culture and ceremony, and that is because 80% of our homeless population in the community is Indigenous, and part of our facility will have youth, adult youth, age 18 to 25, which is the fastest growing homeless population in the region and that population is 100% indigenous. That's actually like really eye-opening. We're joined by Chris, Joanne and Kayla from the Wood Buffalo Wellness Society to talk about the TWOW program. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.
1: We're joined by Chris, Joanne, and Kayla from the Wood Buffalo Wellness Society to talk about the TOOW program. When you guys were talking about like culture and ceremony, I was gonna actually ask, like, is it driven towards more Indigenous populations or will you also, I guess, be accepting people with other cultures to come in and use the facility?
2: The program is Indigenous-led, Indigenous-mandated, but it is open to all. So so we have really high success rates with across across the board in all of our programs for non-Indigenous and Indigenous persons alike. That's really good to know.
1: There are some concerns about the program, whether it be believing it's a safe injection site, spreading the houses population through the downtown area, etc. I was just wondering, do you want to dispel some rumors,
2: misconceptions you've seen on social media or even heard yourself? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, some of the ladies in, of our community may have seen a bit of social media conversation about a week-to-week weeks ago kind of thing Well, that was actually exactly that it was a rumor that we were starting a safe injection site so that is absolutely not what's happening and I actually really welcomed the opportunity to clear that up on social media and then be able to come and speak about what our program actually is here today so I'm gonna actually bounce that back to Chris because Chris has so much of experience in in actually operating a program just like that.
0: thanks Joanne we are not a safe injection site there are those in, in major and other communities, but that's not something we're looking at or something we're trying to achieve. Our goal is to welcome in residents who we know will have underlying trauma, underlying mental health, and underlying addictions issues. And for those individuals who are working towards their their addictions, uh, we will provide programs specific and tailored to them to help them gravitate away from the, the heavy use of narcotics and, and alcohol that they may be on. And some of the programs we've run successfully in the past uh, through Niganam was a managed alcohol program, which allowed individuals who were utilizing hand sanitizer or mouthwash as a daily use to gravitate towards less harmful substances as beer and gradually over time reduce their use. And we see that happen uh, because A, you know, they're, they're given an environment in which they feel safe. Uh, second of all, with, with individuals, you know, a lot of times we know the traumas and the underlying issues. So when people come to our our facility, you know, we're going to surround them with love, we're going to surround them with opportunity, and we're going to have those discussions around what occurred and, and allow them to heal in a better way, which will also allow them to want to use less. Um, as well as we also uh, have offered in the past a managed cannabis program, and that was directly suited to, to try to suit the needs of those using opiates or methamphetamines. And what it allows is them an opportunity to, to still escape the reality and the pain that they may currently be in, but in a way safer and, and, and more controlled way. And of course, everything that we, we do within our, our those type of programs, you know, we, we work with Alberta Health Services, we work with the doctors to make sure that we're, we're doing so safely and in a good way, with the goal that we just want our individuals, to our residents, to, to feel happy and stay home and work on themselves.
2: Yeah, I'd like to talk about a couple of the other misconceptions or questions that we've received. One of them was largely around frustration around us spreading the, the houseless population across the downtown area. We all know that Marshall House, or the Centre of Hope exists on the one side of the, the downtown area and we are going to be located on the other side. So one thing you know we've heard is, well, why don't they just keep all of those people on that side of the community? And that's dangerous. So anybody who's actually been down to Edmonton recently for a hockey game and has seen all of the tents and that kind of that situation down there, what they're seeing there is actually an overconcentration of homeless service providers in, in an area. And we want to really avoid that it's really important that we we are in a location where our clients are able to access the services that they need to as a part of their plan their care plans or their recovery plans but we also don't want to put too many services in one area to be able to create a situation where it can get away on you. Another question that we really was was thrown back at us was around encampments and concern that we would have an encampment or tents being set up on our property. And what a lot of people don't really realize is that encampments or the disruption of encampments really has to be initiated by the landowner. So some of the encampments that we've seen in the downtown area are largely as a result of owners who were not available or or who were not willing to initiate the legal proceedings to to disband those encampments. So the, we've worked very closely with the city, with bylaw to, over time, uh, to address that and make sure that the persons in the encampments are actually getting services. And again, Tawau is the solution for that. But what I can say is, as long as our neighbours aren't allowing tents to go up, we for sure can guarantee that we will not be allowing tents on our property or any kind of encampment. So it's really not an
0: issue.
1: Exactly. You guys are offering beds, not (laughs) taking them away.
0: One last point I would just like to add, and this is just from my experience working in the inner city is, you know, if we look back to when the 215 children were found in, in, in British Columbia, uh, there was a lot of uproar and, and sadness around that and uh, what, what should have been done, what could have been done back then. When I looked around the inner city and started looking at the individuals we were serving, what I seen was the kids that survived. And so, you know, we're not able to go back and change what has occurred, but we're able to look forward and to assist those who, who were traumatized by the impacts of the residential school system and support them in a loving way to move forward, to include them in our communities, to welcome them home, um, and to allow them to have that dignity and, and respect in life as well.
1: Is there any way that the community can be involved, whether, like, let's say we come and volunteer, or can people support in other ways? How can we let people know more about this program and about the good things you guys are doing? <laughs> So we're just finalizing our sponsorship package, and that'll be available soon. Anybody who has any questions can reach out to me through email. That's Kayla at com, and I will happily answer all your questions. Awesome. And then where can we learn more? Is it website? Is it social media? Where can we get kind of all the information in regards to the whole project <laughs> that would be me also
2: also I would say also watch our social media Wood Buffalo Wellness Society we have our mark Amy or our community services page and we are on Instagram as well and as we open there will be more information on our website Awesome. Is there anything that I missed that you guys
1: want to push out to the community before we finish up?
0: I would just like just to jump in and, and, and offer, um, you know, community members, once we're up and running, to come in and visit with us, to come sit and have ceremony with us. Uh, we don't see ourselves as being excluded from the community. We are part of the community and we generally want to be good neighbors and we want our, our residents to understand and reinforce that as well. So again, we welcome everyone to come in and once we're up and running and come and sit with us, come have a coffee, um, and we would love to have a conversation with you.
1: Awesome. The best way to learn is actually going in getting involved and stuff like that. Awesome. I just want to say thank you to Chris, Joanne, and Kayla for coming in and letting us know about the Twelve program. Thank you. Hey, hey. Thanks. That's
0: the end of another
1: edition of Fort
0: McMurray Matters.
2: Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com.
0: Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.